Money Radio, discussing the business of making and spending money. Good afternoon. You're welcome, all of you in Nigeria and those of you living abroad. It is my pleasure to welcome you to the agribusiness segment of Money Radio on Leadership Podcast. You are tuned into a studio that is experiencing the hotness in weather of the city of Abuja, the beautiful city of Abuja. You're welcome. We're discussing today an interesting topic. And the topic title is the high cost of food items at Yuletide and the pains of Nigerians. The high cost of food items at Yuletide and the pains of Nigerians. With me in the studio to discuss the issue is Mr. Paul Uadima. So Paul, you're welcome. Thank you. And I'm your host, Case Hammond. You're welcome to the show. Over the past years, the prices of food items have been increasing. In fact, when it comes to a season like this, Yuletide, Christmas, usually prices of food items go up because everybody wants to buy food. It's a period of festivities, and of course, festivities go with food and drinks, enough food and drinks. But this year, it's getting worse, or things are not looking so good for Nigerians. Mr. Paul, Let's discuss the issue. The cost of food items actually is skyrocketing. What is going on? Thank you for this question. Uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, not only at this time that uh, we are close to the Christmas, that the prices of uh, essential, commodity, essential commodities has, uh, have uh, hit the roof. Uh, we know throughout this year and even last year, uh, don't forget that uh, in 2020, it was the time that uh, COVID-19 did a whole lot of uh, havoc yeah. in our economy, in our agriculture, and in every sector of uh, Nigerian economy. However, things seem to have gotten worse this year. And uh, if you look at the level of inflation, we have been having double-digit inflation throughout this year. All effort by the government to bring down the rate of inflation has not been successful at all. Yeah. Now, why are essential commodities, especially food, very expensive? You have to look at it from the perspective of uh, First, you have to look at the level of insecurity in the country. Insecurity has virtually destroyed the gains we had made in agriculture in the, in, in the, in the last few years. And the, the thing is getting out of hand. If you recall, uh, President Muhammad Buhari banned rice importation. And he did not only ban rice importation, the government itself 
was not willing to give anybody forex at the uh, central bank rates to import things like uh, uh, rice and some food crops that we grown in this country. So if you want to import such items, you have to look for forex from the black market. So all these are some of the contributory factors that led to where we are today. Because if you look at Nigeria's uh, food basket, uh, Benue State, Benue State has been literally locked down by the uh, headers farmers clashes, which claim many lives. As I talk to you now, there are many communities in Benue State who have never gone to the farm in the past two years and counting. They have become, they are, they are staying in the IDP camps in Makode or living with relatives outside their home communities. And if you know the contribution of a state like Benue to the food we eat in Nigeria, and that significant section of the country being removed from the food production value chain of the country. You know that it's bound to have a lot of impact on the rice and on the yam we eat and virtually every food crop that you can think about. Tomatoes. Now, if you look at Niger State, Niger State is a state that, uh, if you recall, that been good in uh, production of rice. There was a time Niger State was the largest rice producing state in this country. And I think it, it, should, it should still be among the top five producing rice, uh, rice producing states in this country. But you, can, you know what Niger State is passing through now. A lot of farming communities have been displaced in Niger State. People can no longer go to their farms. They can't grow the rice, they can't grow millet, they can't grow the corn, they can't grow maize. And all these things are having chain reaction is not only in terms of providing stable food for Nigerians. It's also affecting the growth of animal feed in the country. If you go to the market and uh, I'm sure a lot of people will discover that they will pay through the nose to be able to afford chicken this Christmas. Yes. Because animal feed chicken feed has hit the roof there is no uh, chicken feed uh, company that has not increased their uh, chicken feed by almost 50 percent and now these are beyond the reach of the average poultry farmer so those who manage to be able to grow uh, poultry this year for them to repay reward to get any significant return on investment the price that people have to pay if they are to eat chicken this christmas will be high and it's already high you can call any poultry farmer and find out what is going on board rice itself is not available government has done and uh, have tried to encourage nigerians to eat nigerian rice we have increased our productivity, but the level of insecurity has jeopardized this uh, uh, noble ideas and the program of government. Uh, don't forget that uh, the 
and Koborowa's program of the Central Bank of Nigeria with Nigeria with rice uh, uh, with rice farmers. It had gone a long way in increasing our rice productivity to the level that today we are the largest rice producing nation in Africa. We have beaten Egypt. But what we have as our quantity of rice is still not enough to feed our people. And that is why the price of even the local rice is almost at par with the foreign rice. Are you getting it? Yes. So in that kind of situation, what what would naturally happen is the part of demand and supply will become will become a reality. So Nigerians are made to pay more, and they are not just paying more for food because we are the last few days of Christmas. We have been doing this almost throughout this year. If you calculate how much you have spent for food, anybody listening to this this program and calculate how much the person has spent for food this year, it will it will shock the person. Yeah, it may actually be so, double. Yes, yeah, of course, it is more than double. It's more than double. So it is is as a result of multitude of factors, but the key part of it is insecurity. Insecurity has played a role in putting us in where we are today in terms of access to food in Nigeria. Then you before you now begin to talk about the the the, the, the farmers themselves, their ability to produce quality food, the ability to increase their productivity. Because when you look at this country, this country is blessed with arable land that can grow virtually every food crop we need. Exactly. The level that we don't need to be importing anything. Are you getting it? Yes. Uh, uh, but we have not been able to do that because government also has not helped matters. We have not been able to prioritize development of agriculture. We have been given some of the least allocations to the agricultural sector. And if you don't you don't put your money in agriculture, there's no way you can grow enough food to feed the people. So, Mr. Paul, uh, let's look at this thing um, one by one. You talked about security, and uh, in any economy, any economy at all, we we'll talk about a problem in one sector. It actually spirals into all sectors, or it. Uh, it spreads into all sectors. Take, for example, just the issue of security. That the mere fact that farmers are scared away from their farms has a, a spiraling effect, which you mentioned. Rice farmers, of course, Nigeria has started producing uh, increased rice, rice uh, over the past few years with the policy of President Mohamed Buhari that. Uh, should be no importation of rice, or it makes it his policy made it difficult to import rice, and then uh, we have seen actually growth in rice rice production, which is a good thing. But with this, the, the, the problem of security right now, we see that the rice production has actually dropped. Farmers don't want to go to the farm and be killed. They have seen their meats being killed. So the very farmers who are supposed to be on the farms producing these products are actually liability so to speak forgive me for using that word on our about our farmers but they have actually become liability because they depend 
in essence, on handouts as refugees or as displaced persons. And so instead of being in the fields uh, producing rice, they are just there consuming rice because of the insecurity. You mentioned poultry. Farmers can go to the farm again to produce uh, corn, which is uh, the, the, the main ingredient ingredient uh, for the uh, for, for poultry feeds. And it just goes on like that. It goes on like that because even the beef is also on the high side. You yes, know the, the farmers' uh, headers clash. These bandits have been able to rush to a whole lot of cattle from uh, cattle farmers. Are you getting it? Yes. Most of the most of these uh, cattle herders have suffered a lot in the hands of cattle rustlers. Hmm. Because when you look at uh, the the header, the, the header is not only having issues with uh, with the uh, farmers. Yes. It's also having issues with those who have become professional rustlers. The criminals, criminals, criminal element, bandits who rustle their uh, their cattle and move it from one part of the country to the other. It has gotten to the unhindered. point unhindered, unhindered. This has gotten to the point where many of them have become helpless to the level that they have also become bandits themselves as a result of uh, having with this process of their economic. Uh, uh, their economic uh, mainstay. Yeah, that is that, that that, themselves. It's a and they keep strategy. on going about also rustling other people's cats. Of course, that's survival. So, as a result of that, for Nigerians to even have uh, beef to eat, cattle for Christmas, and uh, any other uh, festivity that we celebrate within this period and beyond, we, we, have, we depend on imported cattle from outside Nigeria. And some of them are coming from our neighboring countries and then we are not having this uh serious uh, rustling because those countries like nigeria and chad they were able to uh provide uh, security to make sure that cattle rustling does not uh escalate to the being... level that it is in nigeria yes so as a result of that for you to eat beef this christmas you have to pay more that is that is the genesis of it and that is, I, I, I have, a, I don't cook um, uh, in kitchen, but I buy suya. And then the price of suya is actually gone up. There's no way you can buy a hundred naira suya right now. In fact, the man selling suya will insult you if you request for a hundred naira suya. It starts from 200 naira. And uh, that is what many people are calling shrink economics. Yeah, it's a kind of, a kind of inflation. The price does not. Uh, <laughs> it even goes to pure water. The price does not does not go up. It remains the same. But the item actually yeah, the, the quality <laughs> and quantity has uh, uh, reduced. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> these things are exacerbated by our inability to handle the situation. Yeah. Uh, don't forget that there are there are communities in uh, Plateau State. Plateau State is also like many parts of Nigeria. Majority of the population live on farming. Yeah. Their economy is agro-based. Yeah. If you remember, sometimes this year there were reports of bandits burning farmlands, farmlands with crops that These were doomed for harvest. These people are virtually economic saboteurs. 
So when you have a situation like that, you cannot expect to be able to have enough supply to meet the demand. And when you don't have enough supply to meet the demand, the price will go up. And, and that is you resort to importation. Yes. And when you resort to importations, yes. you have because of the exchange rate, we are losing when it comes to the exchange rate issue because the Naira is not appreciating, it's depreciating. And when we have an exchange rate situation in the importation of food, where we are there, uh, the, the losing end, it becomes uh, more expensive to, to buy food. And uh, as a result of that, people are suffering because as prices of foods, food items are actually increasing, Salaries are not increasing. I haven't heard recently where salaries have increased as a result of inflation. It hasn't happened. Of course, you don't expect salaries to increase with the rate of inflation because Nigeria is, uh, I say Nigeria is a pseudo capitalist system. Yeah. Uh, in such kind of system, uh, those who are the capitalists are more interested in returning their investment. They are much more concerned about uh, uh, how they allocate resources to other factors of production. And you know that even though human resources is, is supposed to be the most important of all the resources, in Nigeria especially, the human resources are often the whipping, the whipping child of many organizations. So the welfare of uh, workers, of uh, uh, those who are the productive sector are not uh, being prioritized uh, by the capitalists. So you don't expect them to to like uh, uh, a situation where people be demanding that uh, inflation must rise, that, that salaries must move on with inflation. They, they are not going to accept that. that. That is the truth. So, but the issue is that what is government is going to do to control inflation? Because the monetary system is in the hands of government. It is government that can do something to bring down the level of inflation in the country. Mr. Paul, that is uh, where I would like us to take a break because you have been giving us hard uh, hard scenarios of uh, the situation uh, let's uh, take a breather uh, to see how we can absorb these issues before coming back or we'll come back we want to know what government can do to assuage the situation because it's actually getting tough so we'll take a short break please stay with us money radio discussing the business of making and spending money You're welcome back to Leadership Podcast. You are on to the agribusiness segment of Money Radio. And today we are discussing the high cost of food items at Yuletide and the pains of Nigerians. With me in the studio remains Mr. Paul Uadima, and I'm your host, Case Hammond. We were talking about what government should do or can do about assuaging the situation. Mr. Paul. How long is this going to go on? I think uh, we have to live with this for a long time. Because I, I, don't, I don't like uh, selling false hope. Uh, the reason I say this is because 
as we speak, many communities, as farming communities, are still unaccessible for the for the local communities to reside and uh, do the agri business. And uh, nothing tangible are being done to remedy the situation. Even though the those in charge of our security keep on reassuring us that the information we get from from our from uh, uh, non-governmental sources used to indicate that things are still tough for many communities. You have heard what is happening in Sokoto. You have heard what is happening in Castina. Many of these places, farmers do not have access to their farm. So what can be done? Government must do all it can to improve security in the country. That is the number one problem that needs to be solved. Access to farm. Farmers must have access to their farmland. There is no, no reason why Nigeria, that is not a first state, you have a band of bandits that are collecting tax, that are living farmers, that are burning people's farms, and we are taking it as if it is nothing. This country has the capacity to be able to deal with these uh, bandits that are terrorizing Nigerians, that are making agricultural practice in Nigeria has become like uh, a hell to many farmers. Farmers have lost a lot of money. People can no longer train their children in school because they are in IDP's camp. Men that ordinarily would take care of their family from their farm produce are now beggars in IDP. That is why recently the governor of uh, uh, Benue State uh, said that uh, some IDPs are going to farms to steal food to eat, including his own farm. Ordinarily, this, this kind of news are hard of because we know how, how very strong and able farmers that the Benue people are. But yes. now look at where, where, where we are. They are in IDP camps. They are not the only ones in IDP camps. You go to Plateau, say you see people in IDP camps. There are those in IDP camps from Bronu State that are still here in Abuja. So everywhere you turn, you see that Nigeria is being challenged by insecurity. And this insecurity is impacting our our farms and our ability to feed ourselves unless we have the political will we must have the political will to deal with them it is not enough to condemn act of violence killings burning of farms when it happens we need to have the political will to tackle this people why is it that in ghana where we also have Cattle areas. Why are they not having bandits in Ghana? Why are they not having bandits in Benin Republic? Why are they not having bandits in Cameroon? Why are the bandits only terrorizing Nigerians? 
It is because we provided the enabling environment for them to be able to terrorize us. Our leaders have failed to call them to order. Because if other countries like Ghana, Togo, Benin Republic have been able to make life unbearable for all these cattle rustlers, for all these bandits to operate in their territory, what is it about Nigeria that made it a safe haven for bandits? This is a question that our leaders should ask themselves. Because the idea of blame game is over. It is. It is over. They should ask themselves, what is it about Nigeria? What is it about our security? That the security authorities in Togo, in Ghana, in Ivory Coast, in many other parts of West Africa, they don't have bandits terrorizing people like they are doing in Nigeria. They are carving territories out that's, in Nigeria, that, that, taxing people. That is, that, is, that, is, that is most. And what they are doing, it was, if you study, if you study uh, Somalia, Somalia is a case study of how a country becomes a first state from internal decay. That was how several, you know, good enough for, for, for Somalia, they were all of the same religion, yeah, basically. But families carve out separate territories for themselves under one strong man or the other. And they were imposing levies and tanks the way we are doing it. I can bet you that those bandits who are occupying territories in, in, in Castina, those who are occupying territories in uh, Niger and other people, they, they are different sets of people, but they have carved out territories for themselves. How, how are they able to do it? It's because we provided the enabling environment for them to do it. Exactly. Because they could not try that rubbish in some other countries in West Africa. Yeah. So what we must do is we must have the political will. Rise up and be united in yes, fighting this. We world. must have the political will. Because if we don't have the political will, you there's little we can do. Because when you don't have the political will, you cannot be able to fight the enemy. And the enemy is killing everyone that comes on the, on the side. He doesn't choose religion. He doesn't choose ethnicity. Anyone that stands on his way, the enemy eliminates. So we continue to rally around, but they must rally around a leader who was determined, who has shown determination, who is ready to do all that he have, that has to be done to tackle the problem. Because nobody wants to cure... Uh, behind the leader or leadership that is displaying double standard. Yeah. Uh, so when you when when you have that kind of situation, you can't go anywhere. We've got just be moving around the cycle. And uh, the the insecurity will continue to to become cyclic. It, it can no longer end. And by the time it's moved from one administration to another it metastasized to a something bigger than what it was before. And uh, that is what we are seeing in the country today. So we just pray that uh, our leaders rise up to the occasion, know that Nigeria is facing existential threats, and that existential threat is because we have not been able to tackle the bandits frontally and deal with them to serve as a deterrent to others. Because if we keep on managing them, trying to make sense out of them, they become more to them, 
trying to give excuses on their behalf, then we are going to have this problem for a very long time. There is no country in the world where everybody is happy with the government. But it doesn't mean that because you are not happy with the government, there are some needs, your needs you want, you cannot be met. You must carry gun against the government. You must go about killing people because you don't have education, because you don't have health care, because you don't have access to food. So you, you, you use it as a, a justification to kill people, to kidnap people, to rape women, to destroy communities. It's, 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 it doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not tolerated in any society. Mm -hmm. I've had people make some unnecessary arguments. They are talking about that uh, we should negotiate with all these people because even Americans negotiated with uh, the Taliban. But Americans were not dealing with bandits in American threat. Yeah. They are negotiating with terrorists in a foreign land. Foreign land. Have they, uh, I want somebody to come and tell me when America negotiated with the terrorists inside United States threat. Yeah, they, because they keep on giving it to the American negotiator with Taliban when they couldn't handle this, this Taliban anymore. Of course, they, they have to move away from another Those are two We are talking about scenarios. A, we are facing existential threat internally here. America never negotiated with any terrorists inside that. Somebody occupying a certain state in America, a certain section of America, terrorizing American farmers from going to farm, and America will negotiate. And you are using America to say America negotiated with terrorists. Africa never negotiated with ter terrorists in American territory. People should get this thing right. Yes. Yeah. They negotiate. They have negotiated with terrorists in foreign land. Yes. They have negotiated with terrorists who kidnap Americans in foreign land. But they never negotiated with any terrorists who kidnap American citizens inside the United States. On the homeland. They never does that. Yes. So we should stop this uh, this uh, obfuscation of facts to deceive people that America negotiates with terrorists. They don't. In their territory, they don't. So And we are fighting our war here. We are not dealing with external people. Those who are terrorizing Nigerians are not terrorizing Nigeria from far. They are inside here. Yeah. So we must deal with them. And if we cannot be able to deal with them, then we are on our way to becoming a first stage. Yeah. And if we're not careful, what happened in Somalia will be a chess play here. So, so we, our leaders need to be careful. They need to do the needful. All of that is impacting on our very living standard. That is the price of food we eat. And uh, Of course, that's where it starts. It, 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 these are the, we're looking at the economic impact now. We're yeah. looking at the economic how the thing is affecting our pockets. Yeah. But it is going beyond that. We already seen the communities being destroyed. We are already seen lives being ruined. We are already seen people who are kidnapped and nobody has seen them ever since. Yeah. The psychological and emotional torture families are passing through under this atmosphere cannot be quantified. So, so it is uh, something we have to take serious. That's beyond what... our concern that it has impacted our pocket, yeah. which is an issue that should be addressed by the government so that Nigeria can return back to the part of uh, uh, growth, development, and uh, as a major power in Africa, uh, take its rightful place. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Paul. That's how we come to the end. What we take from today's uh, discussion is that security is paramount. In order for any economic activity to go on, there must be adequate security. And that is uh, beginning to pinch into our pockets. In fact, open holes into our pockets. So um, that is the work of government. May the government take action. Of course, the government is taking action. We want to see the results. So 
just a how, that's the way we come to the end of today's uh, agribusiness segment of Money Radio. In the studio with me has been our able analyst, Mr. Paul Wadinma. I've been your host, Kiss Hammond. Thank you very much, Mr. Paul. Thanks to our producers, but our biggest thanks go to you who are listeners and who are following this program. We appreciate you so much. Tomorrow, we are going to have another bumper edition of Money Radio, and that will be the tech segment. Yes, Techie Wednesday. That's what it's going to be. We invite you to join us tomorrow, same time on Money Radio. Until then, COVID-19 is real. Stay safe, take your vaccines, stay blessed. God bless you. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.